0: It's episode number 10 of Fitter Food Radio. What's up guys? Matt Whitmore here.
1: Kerry Marsden here. <laughs>
0: How are we doing guys? Uh, so I'm epi- Hamish. Oh, and Hamish. Yeah, Hamish is here today. He's awake as well, so we're worried that uh, he might interrupt with the odd. He might just pounce on the laptop or something like that, which he tends to just do now. He has little moments of madness, doesn't he? He
1: does. Currently sat on my knee. Very well
0: behaved. This, for, this is not going to last. This can all change very suddenly. <laughs> but anyway, so far, so good. So, if you do hear any kind of like uh, heavy breathing and lots of uh,
1: Riggling and-
0: wriggling and licking of lips, <laughs> that's probably Keris. <laughs> <laughs> not joking. Yeah, so that's Hamish. It's not us. Um, so, guys, episode number 10. Hope you have been enjoying everything so far and you enjoyed the the little chat with Brooks Kubik last week, uh, an absolute legend. Um, and it's just. Really nice chatting to someone who's a, you know, like-minded individual, loves lifting heavy and loves good food and it's just good to kind of get a bit of bit of feedback from a, an old school lifter, really. Yeah, so we, we really enjoyed that chat, didn't we?
1: Really enjoyed it. It really inspired me to get back into the gym, actually, after I was struggling a bit, had a bug over Christmas and um, just speaking to him about his wife and, and what she does and I thought, you know, I, I do need to get back into it and this week I've trained quite a bit and I've really enjoyed it. And I've been doing really random stuff.
0: Which You've been you know, loving it. You're, yeah. you're a complete different head on your shoulders. Yeah. I'm We're like competing for gym slots now, <laughs> trying, to, trying to take it in turns, like who looks after Hamish whilst the other one goes and trains.
1: And I saw a friend of ours, Caroline, had posted on our wall about a, a dog yoga class. I honestly think I, I need something like that because there are occasions where. Yeah, when well, you
0: get that's just crazy
1: Yeah, but you get stuck and you.
0: Like, anyway. You just,
1: you just don't enjoy it.
0: Exactly. Right guys, so we've got got quite a few questions yet again, which is awesome. Thanks for getting those in. We've got a few left from last time, which we uh, didn't quite have the time to cover. So we'll get a few of those in there today as well as um, a couple of new ones. Um, But I just quickly want to kick off with uh, a little mention of a a book I'm looking to get into. I haven't started reading it yet and I'm surprised Keris hasn't laughed yet because whenever I say I'm going to read a book, it just comes out and then just catches dust.
1: So you read two books.
0: This is true. Two books
1: in five years. What were they? Richard Branson. I can't remember one. (laughs) Richard (laughs) Branson's autobiography. Actually,
0: I've read all three of his, so I'll uh, have you know.
1: Okay, sorry. Well, there's more than three, but
0: I've read three of them.
1: And you enjoyed those? Yeah. And then... um, one, I swear, you only read it to impress me. It was a, I think I probably it was. It was a thriller. It's because I said you never read any books. My,
0: was it My, Michael Connolly, Was not it? And
1: you carried it around with you and made a, uh, in the gym and just made a, a no, point of getting it out to show me that you did read. Well, I wanted
0: to prove the point that I could read. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's called uh, Becoming a Supple Leopard by Dr. Kelly Sterrett with Glenn uh, Cordoza. Um, and it's all just about just moving better becoming more agile mobile and just being pain-free I suppose and movement I mean my mobility is not too bad it could be a hell of a lot better I've picked up um injuries over the years and every now and again they kind of creep up and just let me know that they're they're still there and I need to back off a little bit so I thought I'd get in there and it has caught quite a lot of dust actually as I wipe (laughs) my finger over here but Yeah, so that's going to be one of my reading lists. I've got a few books here in front of me that I'm going to read. I'm not going to list all the titles just in case I don't read them. (laughs) But this one I'm very intrigued about and I am looking to get into. So Becoming a Suppled Leopard. So watch this space, people. I'll be posting videos of me doing doing the splits soon (laughs) on the Fitter Food page. But right, let's kick off. You wanted to chat a little bit about cholesterol, didn't you?
1: Yeah, um, for a couple of reasons really. We had a few questions via Facebook and on our twenty-eight day plan, and actually just from friends who've spent time with grandparents over Christmas. And um, it's it's always
0: a a big question though, isn't it? It is, and it it comes up a lot.
1: When you're actually speaking to older generations, you really have to sort of be a bit um, patient about it because they're very, very sort of convinced on a lot of these arguments about fat and cholesterol being the cause of heart disease and. They are very much in awe of a GP and will listen to what the GP has to say and you know, and actually sort of getting angry and frustrated with them and raising your voice doesn't really help as we've learnt, both of us, haven't we? Um, you sort of banging your head against a brick wall, really. This is true. What I would say is that um, the people that wrote in, one was a, um, a young person who had high cholesterol, um, their level was seven and it had increased from six the last time it was measured and they were incredibly worried and... What I sort of wrote back to them, uh, this was just via Facebook, was um, firstly not to worry and that cholesterol can be elevated for several different reasons. It could be, as I mentioned, fighting an infection. It could be because you're actually losing weight, so the body's shifting, um, moving fat around the body. And um, also the liver, when the liver's being cleared out. So if we're detoxing, or, or we've turned to healthy eating or clean eating, that's a detox. And again, sort of fatty liver, which might have you know too much sugar, refined carbohydrates, um, soft drinks, create fatty liver disease. And so when the body's clearing that out, you're going to see elevated cholesterol readings. So in some ways, it's a good thing. Um, but obviously, if it's an infection thing or something, that's not necessarily a good thing. It means yeah. you've got inflammation. And the body's trying to fight it. But
0: essentially, that's cholesterol doing its job, right? It's
1: cholesterol doing its job. So um, I could try and do an analogy here.
0: About oh, <laughs> oh, have you read so, your analogy book?
1: Uh, no, I, w- I will read that. That will go on my list. What, Thank uh, you very much, um, Coach Darren D. <laughs> for yeah, sending you, that over. After that
0: uh, previous podcast of Kerris's, well, you, you, you threw numerous analogies <laughs> in there, did, didn't did you? did
1: try. I will get better. Well, what was
0: the title of the book? The, the How to, was it pretty much like Analogies for Dummies kind yeah, of the thing? The
1: beginner's Guide to Analogies. Um, what I was going to say this time was, it's like when you've got the decorators around and there's plaster everywhere and everything's just a bit of a mess, but it's not going to be like that for long. You, you can that's clear the, it up.
0: That's, that's the analogy you used before.
1: No, I know, I know. I'm trying to go back to that same analogy and right. say, you in the it, case then? of elevated cholesterol, it'd be like that, that midpoint of decorating the lounge where there's just plaster everywhere and it's all you know, a bit of a mess. Um, yeah. But it will clear itself up. It will sort itself out if you're, in this case, following an anti-inflammatory diet and lifestyle
0: so let's imagine the workers are anti-inflammatory
1: bodies i'm not even going to try and that, that i'm not going to try and go back to that analogy but anyway so what i would say is first of all don't be alarmed by the high cholesterol reading because total cholesterol tells you nothing which is what we explained before it really tells you nothing um the only figures that you're going to get from a gp which might be worthwhile are your hdl which is known as the good cholesterol would be worth you just want to know that that's high you would want your triglycerides to be low mm-hmm. um and your c reactive protein to be low that's a marker of inflammation so if you can get those three readings and they are low um and as i said you're already doing clean eating and tr- and trying to and do some exercise and do good stuff um then you're on the right track, and it's probably best just to not obsess over the cholesterol readings. Um, if you are really concerned, you can get, as we mentioned before, private testing with Genova Diagnostics and, and other private labs, which would be, you know, as I said, there is a genuine concern. You can be susceptible to really high cholesterol um, genetically, mm-hmm. but you would know about that. A doctor would have spotted it years ago, and it's called familial hypercholesterolemia. Are you impressed that I said that.
0: Jesus Christ! Thank you. Well done.
1: <laughs> so you would know about that by now, and um, and you would probably that is one case where you might need to take statins. Um, other than that, um, statins aren't necessarily, as I said, you know, the solution to the problem because cholesterol is your body trying to heal, and if you block the production of cholesterol, cholesterol is a precursor for hormones, so you're going to get hormone deficiencies and issues there. Um, It depletes CoQ10, so if you do know anyone on statins, you must try and get them on CoQ10 uh, on a daily basis, otherwise their risk of heart attacks um, increases exponentially, I think it is. And I think doctors are now starting to advise that, which is a good thing. But back to the individual that um, I actually replied to, then wrote back to me and said she'd actually had surgery that week, Mm -hmm. uh, which would make sense. So we're going to have inflammation and repair going on, so of course cholesterol is going to be moved around the body to to deal with that issue so you know that could be one of the reasons behind it of course another thing that was quite annoying this week was um, i just happened to be watching some breakfast tv and somebody had written in about the fact that her grandparents and her parents had had heart attacks in their 30s incredibly um, young obviously and you know what the doctor's advice on tv was tell me get on statins quickly and uh, and he actually said i'm on them I'm, I'm on them, so, you know, I've got high cholesterol and I'm on statins. And I could not believe this is sort of like breakfast TV and I just thought, God, the number of people that are hearing this. And there is so much science out there now. And um, as we've mentioned before, there's a great book by Jimmy Moore. Jimmy Moore is um, obviously sort of from the paleo community but has done so much research on this. Jimmy Moore speaks in very sort of plain English terms, easy to understand. And his book, Cholesterol Clarity, um, I think the subtitle is what the HDL is wrong with my numbers? I think it's a great one to buy for parents and for grandparents. Um, hopefully, they'll read around it and then don't have to listen to you just saying, you know, oh that's wrong, that's not that's not the case anymore. But foods that would help um, in terms Cause, well, of
0: because I was just about to say, like I mean, you know, the, the whole statin thing is 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 a is a big topic, and yeah. you know, no doubt could talk about it for for God knows how long. But one of the big things I notice is that. People go on statins, you know, as, you know, advised by their doctor, yet make zero change to their diet.
1: Exactly, yeah. I mean, if you look at, there's some great studies out there about, um, you know, sort of longevity now and heart disease. And it does all, so many, I mean, I've just seen articles in various nutrition magazines, but most of this information is out there. And actually older generations know it. It lists the things that uh, have been associated with populations that live into the hundreds, Um, Not that I'd really want to live that long, but... Why not? (laughs) I just wouldn't. Everyone would be gone, because no one else would probably be around that time. Give you a
0: chance to make new friends.
1: Yeah. And I just wouldn't, I, I, I don't know, I think, you know, 80s, 90s is fine for me. But anyway, um, it is things like exercise, you know, on a daily basis. So that's walking, moving. It's not just going to the gym all the time. It's diets which are, are rich in fruit and vegetables, um, healthy fats. Um,
0: Single-ingredient foods, um, Yeah, right?
1: basically low sugar, low in processed foods. But also big emphasis on family and community, eating together, As you know, having meals together. And, you know, as we always should do really and and that's how we traditionally would have eaten and and having a sense of community with friends and family there's so many lifestyle factors and I'm sure like no one gets a little handout when they go to the doctors about any of this but that's you know I'm sure they get told do a bit more exercise And I don't doubt that they get told, reduce your fat intake. But I wonder if they get told anything about carbohydrate intake, which is a big factor, especially refined carbohydrates. So yeah, so I just wanted to go over that point on on cholesterol. And somebody did say, um, when talking to their grandparents about it, I think what they were trying to urge their grandparents to do was consider paleo-type nutrition. I've had some amazing success actually helping older clients and friends' parents, because this is the generation that used to eat liver for breakfast, um, and have a cooked English breakfast because, you know, the cereal fad only came around in, you know, I can't remember, was it, I don't know, 50s or something like that. Um, I don't know the decade precisely, so don't don't quote me on that. But, you know, they are actually, once you explain the logic, they're actually a bit more up for eating those foods for breakfast. They remember at a time when they used to eat those foods, yeah. you know, before all these cereals. Um, and and of course, a paleo diet is, is going to help somebody with high cholesterol because it's so... Anti-inflammatory, when done properly, with lots of fruit and vegetables. Well, not so much fruit, more vegetables. Um, lots of oily fish, healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be anti-inflammatory. It's going to be good for them. Um, but it is a case of of how you present that argument and explain it. Yeah, of course. Why toast and cereal isn't great for breakfast. Why it shouldn't be a sandwich for lunch and pasta for dinner.
0: Was well, the whole convenience thing, though, is not it?
1: Absolutely. You know, and, like and then as people get older, they don't want to cook. For one, or or that we've noticed this with. Uh, you know, your nan in particular has gone to ready meals. Despite traditionally having lots of home-cooked food, she's now on ready meals. But anyway... Um, Let's go to the first question. Yeah, then.
0: so is that enough on yep, cholesterol yep. for now? Yeah. Cool. Right, so question number one. This is from Poonan J, and her question is, do you have any tips for getting rid of dark circles around the eyes?
1: Um, yeah, a couple of things, really. Sleep? <laughs> Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a few places I would go to. Number f- number one is is sort of toxicity. So toxic overload in, in the body, and that could be um, obviously through food. It can be through chemicals that you're on your skin, chemicals that you're breathing in through pollution and through drinking tap water. And obviously, then maybe your detox mechanisms in the body aren't you know working that effectively. Um, so possibly looking at some some liver detox protocols and also always go back to the gut for detox, because um, obviously that's where you eliminate waste. So definitely um, support gut health with things like probiotics, lots of apple cider vinegar with your meals and things like that. Great tip actually um, is to take something like activated charcoal after a meal. And basically activated charcoal will help absorb any sort of waste products in the gut. You know, It's, it's a little bit pricey, more because you have to take about four capsules after a meal, but great to do on a detox because um, often when people do try and go on a detox they might feel worse because obviously the number of toxins that are being mobilized around the body and, and, and give you quite a lot of brain fog and if the liver's not doing too well they won't be moved out of the body if, quick enough so you mm-hmm. just feel worse um, so I would look at really really clean eating is, it's basically going to be a detox because you reduce nutritional toxins um, supplements that can help with detoxification you've got things like alpha lipoic acid Um, There's an amino acid called N-acetylcysteine, which you can take with vitamin C, a little bit of vitamin C, like 500 um, micrograms. Even something like bone broths because of the collagen and, again, all the minerals in there and the glycine. Glycine is really detoxifying, um, would be fantastic. Egg yolks because of all the B vitamins, which really help to um, support the liver. Eating liver, which we've talked about before, support the organ. Eat the organ you want to support, Um, it's a good way of doing it. Um, and then really lots and lots of dark green leafy vegetables and cruciferous vegetables, which is things like, so dark green leafies are your spinach, kale, um, watercress, all fantastic for the liver, dark lettuce. And then the cruciferous ones are the broccoli family, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. They're amazing for liver detoxing, a bit farty <laughs> if, you're not, um, if your gut health isn't too great. So yeah, I would add in a probiotic as well, probably something like Ecodophilus or Culturel or Optibac would be great. And then physically detox. So Epsom salts baths, not great, but they're not brilliant ways. It's not like you're going to leach all the toxins into the bath, but they do help. They sweat a little bit, get some magnesium in and in bucketfuls have been known to help draw toxins out of the skin. Oh, and
0: it's quite a nice thing to do before bed to ensure you get a good night's kip as and well. Yeah, which... sleep,
1: sleep is detoxifying. So yeah, definitely. Uh, saunas, um, steam rooms, anything that gets you sweating, wash with a antibacterial soap straight after.
0: So the thing is, you know, for like dark circles, you know, especially for women, like there's so many products oh, yeah. advertised out there, you know, that that are going to eliminate dark circles, etc., which no doubt cost a bloody small oh, fortune. I think
1: I used to spend it was twenty pound for a stick of touche. I can't remember what it's called, touche clat or something like that, and it was one of the best, apparently, the best concealer ever. And I used to spend a fortune on it. Because the one thing I would wear every day would be concealer under my eyes to make me look a little bit brighter. Um, but you're absolutely right. Another thing I've actually heard as well is things like circulation. Um, so maybe like, this is a bit far out, but acupuncture, chiropractic adjustments, things like that. To get blood flow all around the body. Um, it can. <laughs> this was mentioned by, um, it was actually a, a, a massage therapist who said to me that sometimes we can get, you know, sort of knots in our neck and stuff that are stopping blood flow um, to the head. Really? It's something that I'm not, I'm not um, this isn't an area, of, you know, that I specialise in, I wouldn't know that much. I would go nearer towards toxicity, especially heavy metals for black eyes and possibly adrenal fatigue, so...
0: Jesus Christ, I, I wasn't expecting so many answers know, for the whole dark circle. <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> sorry, but, you know, but, I cough
1: again.
0: But essentially, though, I mean, it's only natural that, you know, you clean your diet up put less toxins into the body, yep. the less work your body has to do of a night time when it's trying to sleep and kind of replenishing and repairing. Yep. And naturally, you know, it's only a matter of time before your skin, your eyes, you know, skin around your eyes does perk up and look brighter.
1: Definitely. If it doesn't, I would probably say go to a naturopath um, and get your heavy metals tested maybe. Um, and urine tests and things like that tend to be more effective than Hair mineral tests. So, uh, but a good naturopath will advise mm-hmm. on that and we'd be happy to refer. Because um, that's
0: one of the biggest bits of feedback we get from people that are on our 28 day plans or our 12 week plans is the a huge change in their skin. their skin health. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's just so much brighter that their skin looks healthier. They get lots of comments. Their eyes look clearer.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, my eyes actually, I think, look clearer since cutting out um, the, the coffee, the the caffeine.
1: Excellent. See, so what are you now? You're nearly two weeks in. Two weeks of no coffee and caffeine, yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. I've had green tea, so I've had minimal amounts of caffeine. But Never. I've decided that the benefits of my matcha green tea outweighs...
0: This is true. And caffeine. to be fair, though, you weren't the coffee junkie that I was. No,
1: not at all. I mean, it does feel nice not to rely on something. It feels nice not to go, oh, God, I really need a coffee. The only time I miss it is pre workout. Would
0: well, you know, for me though, we had this chat the other day, didn't we? We were talking about, I was saying that a lot of the time when you drink coffee, it's more about the routine
1: yeah. of when you have
0: it. So for me, it was like, it was standard. I'd have a coffee before I go to the gym. So, you know, my pre workout would be, you know, I'd take my amino acids and I'd, I'd have a coffee. Whereas now, I had an absolutely epic session this morning, full of energy actually done more than I had planned to do because I had so much energy and and, f- and felt like doing a bit more. And I didn't even crave a coffee this morning. I didn't even think twice about it. Just went, you know, had my aminos, went straight to the gym and, and boom. And I, and I feel so much better for it. It's a real eye opener. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done this before, but I slowly weaned back onto the coffee. But Yeah,
1: no, I'm the same. It's funny because I take the amino acids and then, I, but I have noticed, I don't you know I don't need the coffee now I don't yeah. it was just just habit i think it is habit that you sat there and had a nice coffee before you went went to the gym but and i'm
0: sleeping so much better so naturally i've got more energy and i'm i'm loving it and next question which it is uh this is from uh, James Chandler um i've heard about the benefits of using coconut milk however when searching for it in the supermarket all i can find is one that sits on the shelf in a can and has numerous e numbers in the ingredients is this the right one, or is there an alternative? Thanks.
1: Uh, well, the the one, the only one I have found. I think there's a few organic brands out there, but um, in terms of going on a supermarket um, hunt, I've only found Biona organic coconut milk, which is just coconut and water.
0: Where do you get that though?
1: Well, uh, I haven't
0: seen that in the supermarket.
1: Acado, uh, so and Waitrose. That's the only place I've seen it. Um, or maybe or... Sains- Sainsbury's is is sort of catching up with. Um,
0: well, to be fair bit. with that, though, you'd probably just be better off buying a, a bulk order online, I right? would do a
1: bulk order online. Um, or if you are in a cardo shop, obviously. I know it's a bit more expensive. You stick it in with that. But I would do a bulk order of Bayona online. I'm sure there's, there's a few more brands out there. You just look on the back, basically. When you're looking online, look on the back, and it should just be coconut and water, and that's it. Um, another tip would be to use the bars of coconut cream. Yeah. Some of those are 100%. Some have added sulfites, which is a preservative. So again, sort of look, again, Biona is obviously, um, that's just 100% organic. And basically, you can just use small amounts of coconut cream rather than using coconut milk. And I think it's actually cheaper as well. Oh, is it? Yeah. As Cause in, because coconut milk can be quite expensive. And well, it
0: depends how often you're using it. Yeah, and
1: it. you're using, if you think about it, I think it's a tin is something like 50% coconut and then the rest is water. So you could just use a small block of coconut cream. That's the other
0: thing to look out for, isn't it? Because some of the coconut milks have got a very small perten- uh, percentage uh, yeah, of actual cocon- coconut. Yeah. And it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so that's why I think that sometimes the coconut cream is actually... It works out cheaper, I'm sure.
0: Um, yeah, so that was a nice quick question. Is another question that could be, could be quick, I think. Uh, this is from uh, Philip uh, Musleck. Uh, do forgive me if I've pronounced that wrong. A simple question. What is the least damaging alcoholic drink to have in the pub? Thanks.
1: Oh, uh, we get this one a lot, don't we?
0: Yeah, the alcohol question comes up (laughs) frequently.
1: Loads and loads. Um, Maybe
0: one of the first questions a lot of people (laughs) ask. (laughs) Yeah.
1: What can I drink? (laughs) Um, What I would say, it's difficult when you're out, actually. It's really difficult in a pub, especially in a pub, because my answer would probably be a good red wine, and by good I mean organic or biodynamic. Biodynamic is like gold standard because it's produced quite naturally without mm-hmm. chemical processing and the grapes are grown very naturally without fertilisers and pesticides. Organic, you're going to have, uh, the grapes are grown organically, but there are still chemicals used in the processing of the wine. Yeah. And um, the reason I'm highlighting this is actually people do react quite a lot to the chemicals used in the processing of wine. Um, sulfites, for example, are a preservative that's used, which give people things like um, skin issues, um, really bad hangovers so some people can just have a glass of wine and feel quite horrendous the next morning and it's more that their body's reacting to the sulfites all alcohol's a bit aggressive to the gut so and that the more chemicals in there the worse that's going to be
0: well this is the thing though like out of what you're about to recommend yeah you know that doesn't mean you can still consume eight to ten of them
1: no no you know the bit
0: (laughs) Any, any kind of benefit or damage limitation you were hoping for would, will go out the window.
1: After two small servings, yeah. basically, any studies that talk about resveratrol, which is the antioxidant in red wine, and blah, blah, um, blah. yeah, it all goes out the window after two small servings because we get elevated oestrogen, it's very alcohol, is very oestrogenic, um, so in a bad way we get elevation of the hormone oestrogen, suppression of testosterone, um, depletion of all B vitamins and as, as the body tries to detoxify, liver gets clogged up. I know this is not what you wanted to hear, so I'm going to move swiftly on well, to the question again. The other stuff that's available is obviously if, you've got beers and lagers.
0: Well, if I'm not mistaken, isn't Corona hasn't Corona got one of the lowest uh, like gluten counts?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose just to backtrack a little bit. So with beer, we've got a number of factors in there. It's made from grains like wheat mm-hmm. and barley, so you're going to have gluten. Yeah. In there generally, and you're also going to have yeast. So if you've got got it like gut issues, IBS, that's just going to mess you up big time. Um, you are now seeing gluten free beers coming through, but I've not seen them in a pub of you. No, not that we ever go to a pub. No, but Look, <laughs> occasionally
0: don't, do. Don't make it sound like complete herm. I oh, know, no,
1: okay. Occasionally do, but we're normally <laughs> to eat food, not to drink. So uh, gluten free, I've seen again on uh, in some supermarkets.
0: With, we, I, I've had one from Waitrose. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, and that's made from rice.
1: Yeah. And that was
0: actually, I was quite impressed.
1: I think Sainsbury's do one as well. today. Yeah, I think so. But as you've just mentioned, there are some beers that are lower in gluten. Um, and I think Corona is probably one of the most popular brands. But still, I do see a lot of people who have quite severe health issues who still insist on drinking beer. And it just yeah makes them so much worse. Especially gut problems, you know, throwing in all the yeast and um, basically it's all fermented. So you just, you're just sort of adding fuel to the fire there. So I'd sort of say avoid, o- avoid the beers and the ales uh, if you can. And one thing i say about the wines, by the way, in pubs, is they're often not that great. They are quite... You can just tell by smelling the wine now. It's just very chemically is probably the best way I can explain it. Yeah. You can actually smell... It smells very synthetic. And it takes a while before you can actually almost smell the grapes or, or actually what you should be, you know, tasting. So um, often in, in pubs, the wines aren't the best. And if you can see an organic... Um, on there and often things like the Riojas I think the Spanish are very defensive of how wine is made and Riojas are I think it's minimum a year or two years that they have to be um what's the term reserved for I'm not really sure what the term would be aged for you know like you see oak aged or whatever yeah you know probably slightly better and then moving on so we just uh, you've got uh, spirits as your other option and again a very good spirits are made from grains generally, but they are fermented and distilled. And when they're distilled, often the gluten content is almost, you know, completely
0: got rid of. Tequila's not.
1: What? No, no, no. I'm, yeah. So yeah, so I should make a difference. The, the tequila comes from agave nectar. Yeah. So the. Spirits,
0: I wasn't trying to correct you. I no, no, just no. Saying. I know you were.
1: I'm just trying to say some spirits come from grains, so you would think they would have gluten. Yeah. So vodka can be made out of rye, for example. So you'd think that vodka would have gluten in it. But actually, when it's distilled, the part of the process of making the vodka destroys the gluten. Right. So some celiacs have found they can drink vodka. Not that I would ever recommend that a celiac do this. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone needs to drink vodka for optimal health. or <laughs> Anyway, Um so some of those um, higher quality vodkas uh, are much more pure and, as I said, they've been distilled. So some are actually made from non-grains um, as well. So you can get vodka made from rice. So obviously that won't have gluten in. And then as you mentioned, tequila, and Rob Wolf famously pointed this out and designed a drink based on tequila, which was um, tequila, soda water and fresh lime. Uh, it has no gluten. Uh, it's very sort of pure form of alcohol. So you basically using it to get, I mean, he says, just to get a head change if that's what you're looking for on a night out. Yeah. And the soda water and the lime help sort of lessen the impact on blood sugar levels. So any any spirits I would have with soda water and lime as well. No sort of Diet Cokes or tonics, and mixers, tonic yeah. water or anything like that. No sugar. Um, Obviously, it goes out saying cocktails are just a big pile of sugar and sugary mixes. So don't touch them.
0: But isn't it, it's like we've always said when it comes to alcohol, I mean, you know, it's, it's always about moderation and yeah. we always say, you know, like when you drink, you know, drink and enjoy the drink and make the most of it and, you know, after a few that kind of goes out the window really and you're kind of just drinking for the sake of or yeah. just in the kind of nature of the environment that you're in. But it's normally the aftermath, isn't it, that, that can at times cause the most damage, you know, when, you know, it's the, the kebab shop on the way home, Yeah, you, know, you might make a bad decision, you so wake up like the before, next morning, just, yeah
1: you lose all sort of, you know, control and and willpower. And because it drops blood sugar levels so much, it really makes you crave, yeah, crave (laughs) carbohydrates, crave. And obviously, because it's depleted B vitamins and zinc, you know, you sort of really want to just eat. I mean, a fry-up is is really sort of the best thing to have the morning after because of all the B vitamins.
0: Yeah, including coconut oil, of course. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
1: But yeah, so that would be... uh, Bring your own would be a good... Place to go, and it's funny because there are a few places in London like um, yeah, they they do actually, bring yeah. your own now. And I, I always think, let's go there, and then we can actually get a decent bottle of biodynamic organic wine, take that along.
0: A good thing is those wines cost more as well, so yeah, you, you, so you, you tend not you to have not as many back. based on that reason alone.
1: Absolutely, I did actually buy the other day. This is interesting, a biodynamic prosecco. Oh yeah, which I haven't tried. I only bought it because I'd never seen it well, that before. Was new, that
0: was for New Year's, wasn't it? And then we didn't end up didn't, drinking it. No,
1: I didn't actually drink it. But I, I thought I'll keep that just for when you have guests because some guests always prefer white, right? White, white wine or prosecco.
0: I I can't stand the stuff, so I know, you don't like it. You have do. to find another drinking buddy for that.
1: Um, but yeah, looks interesting. Looks like <laughs> it looks like cloudy lemonade.
0: It does. It does a bit, does it? Yeah. It does look quite refreshing. Right then, next question. This is a really good question, actually. This is from Marco Leary, who's um, going to be having a, an operation, so he's going to be having some surgery, and he wants to know. What are the kind of uh, best nutritional tips uh, to enhance recovery and just ensure that, you know, he gets back to normality super quick. And, uh, you know, I can relate to this a hell of a lot because I had a shoulder operation myself um, nearly nearly 18 months ago now. Um, I did actually write a blog about it. So if you ever want to head over to the Fit of London website and check out a, a blog post I'd done, um, I believe it was titled There's More to Rehab Than... Than exercises, if I'm not mistaken, it was a while ago now. Like I said, it was nearly eighteen months ago. But when when it comes to you've had an operation, there's bound to be a good chunk of inflammation present in the body. So your big focus needs to be reduce inflammation. Um, You know, if you've got the book, you know, look in there when we talk about like inflammatory foods. But anything processed, you know, get it out, knock it on the head as much as you possibly can. Although saying that actually. You might want to treat yourself to one little kind of a feel sorry for myself foods when you come out, which is what I'd done. I had a bag of peanut M&M's, which uh, Keris got for me when I came round.
1: Did I? I'd forgotten that. Yeah,
0: but they were amazing. But I I said to myself, that was going to be my one kind of comfort, poor-me food, and I made the very bloody most of them in the old bag, and it was a big bag, let me tell you. Um, (laughs) But then after that, um, I just focused on uh, single-ingredient foods, I took dairy out of the equation because um, that is quite a, an inflammatory uh, response in, in me for sure. In most people, it does too, uh, just maybe not so much. But me and dairy don't get along too well. I have to have it in very small amounts. So that went. Lots of oily fish. So you know, got on top of my omega threes. Uh, whacked loads of herbs and spices. So I was cooking lots of stews, soups. Um, Think uh, casseroles, things like that, in the slow cooker. Got lots of really anti-inflammatory herbs and spices in there to to help me along. And of course, on top of that, um, I made sure I'd done my rehab, so I was doing my my exercise, which is primarily just just moving again. You know, just getting a little bit of movement, nothing strenuous, getting some blood flow to the to the area. And of course, the big thing for me was sleep. I've always had a bit of a battle with sleep. In that I'm a bit of a workaholic, so. Chances are I'll sometimes choose work over actually getting my ass to bed on time, but I was determined because it caused me so many issues when I had the injury to my shoulder, um, which I kind of put off for so long because I was stubborn and thought I'd be able to to get on top of it on my own, but actually there was quite a lot of damage there, which I was never going to rehab, but anyway... Um, I was so determined never to go back there that I, you know, I just had to look after numero uno and, and make sure I was getting lots of really good quality shut eye. Um, I was investing into, you know, in lots of time on Epsom salts bath, supplying magnesium topically, taking it orally, um, having naps in the day as well where I could. Stupidly, I went straight back to work the day after uh, the operation. I was PTing at the time. Um, just thinking, you know, I'm a I'm a soldier. I'm hard as nails. Yeah,
1: I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is trying to do too much too soon.
0: Yeah. And like,
1: if, if you're tired, and after surgery is quite traumatic. Plus, I was dosed
0: up on, you know, painkillers. Yeah, I
1: think the the body just wants to lie still and heal, yeah. and that's why you it's making you tired. It's making you heavy and lethargic. It's telling you just lie here and let me sort this out. Yeah. Then you can go and run your marathon.
0: Oh, oh well. Next week, <laughs>
1: maybe <laughs> not next week.
0: Uh, You know, yeah. So you know, just listen to your body. I mean, I'm I'm quite fortunate in that I am self employed, so you know I could take that step. Although saying that, by the time I took off, I wasn't making any money. But anyway, um, you know, invest in some naps, get some really good quality sleep, and also I would say just remove the stress of of training you know, don't, don't keep that burden, you know, kind of on your shoulders of, you know, when am I going to train again? When am I going to do this? I can't do that. Oh God, you know, I'm going to get so weak. I'm going to lose muscle, whatever it may be. Cause that's a very, very negative mindset to be in. And, uh, you know, and that can just uh, escalate out of control and, and just put you in a really poor, poor frame of mind. Um, whereas for me, I just said to myself, look, you know, I spent 18 months with, with pain, you know, I couldn't train the way I wanted to train. I couldn't just, just do really simple movements without pain. And and that is so frustrating, you know, when, you know, you, you can't train because your body physically won't allow you to. Um, you know, so if you've had the operation, just invest some solid time just healing your body. And trust me, your body will thank you for it. Because like Curry said, you try and do too much too soon, you know, you could make it worse, You could you, you could go right back to square one, whereas... We're firm believers that the body can heal uh, itself very, very effectively. And yes, I, I truly believe you can go back to where you were before. I mean, some people may tell you otherwise, but I believe half, half of that is mindset, mindset, and the rest of that is actually knuckling down and getting done what needs to, getting done what needs to be done in order for the body to heal. You know, provide it with the right nutrients, provide it with the rest that it needs, invest in yourself, look after yourself. And you will recover quickly, I promise you that. Don't do what a lot of people do and just feel sorry for themselves, comfort eat, eat a load of crap, eat pro-inflammatory foods, whatever it may be. Because that will do you no favours at all and you'll get very little sympathy from mm-hmm. me if that's the path you choose to do. Like I said, have your one little kind of comfort food when you come round, whatever it may be, a pizza, your favourite takeaway. No and enjoy it, and then get your head down.
1: What I would add is actually um, carbs are really important in recovering from something like an operation. So yeah. you Sorry. probably will want and need a, a higher carbohydrate meal. Something like man-maker pie would be good from our book, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, you know, loads of sweet potato. Some people have said, well, you know, they've got family to bring food in, and I've always said just um, soups are amazing because they're, maybe that'll be all you feel like. And if you could make it with bone broth, you know, homemade bone broth or stock, um, you've got all the collagen and vitamins and I can't and believe minerals. I
0: that actually because I was having
1: You're on a roll there, I was having but...
0: litres of yeah. uh, bone broth bone I? broth
1: should be just on in the slow cooker for the whole time in your recovery because homemade soups uh, obviously you yeah. want all the nutrients that support joints and healing are, are in the bone broth we've got um, collagen which is really important and magnesium calcium um, all the amino acids like glycine as well really really good um, and then obviously you know iron and things like that other minerals so I would definitely have that on the go all the time and adding in things like rosemary and thyme, oregano, all the sort of really high antioxidant herbs, 100%. garlic as well, all very sort of nourishing and healing. But all um, taste
0: amazing as well. Yeah, so it's not yeah. it's not like we're trying to force no. really horrible things down yet.
1: So soups would be great. Um, Increased carbohydrates, um, definitely, especially in the few days following the operation, especially because blood sh- blood pressure may drop as well a little bit. Um Then I was just going to say that in terms of supplements that you might want to add in, maybe just a little bit of vitamin C, um, like a half a gram over sort of the healing period. Some people say that all the time anyway. Vitamin C, again, for the production of collagen in the body and support the immune system. Um, Zinc is really important. very Again, healing and involved in so many different metabolic reactions in the body, especially skin, so in terms of the integrity of the skin. So I definitely have zinc. And last one would be, you might want to experiment with something called systemic enzymes. Um, we actually had a friend who <clears throat> fell over ice skating just before Christmas. And um, she basically uh, fractured her wrist. And the doctor said it was one of the worst fractures he'd ever seen. Um, she really did. The whole body pretty much landed on her wrist, didn't it? Yeah, um, it,
0: it was a pretty epic break. Yeah,
1: <laughs> But her recovery model was... Just fantastic. She just, as I said, she did everything.
0: She was in such a such. You know, she had the perfect mindset. Yeah, she as far like, as I'm concerned.
1: She questioned any sort of medication um, that they sort of suggested, painkillers and things like that. When can I get off this? I don't want to take that. Is that necessary? And because she said she really wanted to be with it as well, not just sort of zonked out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she had the slow cooker going. She asked me what to get, and I said zinc vitamin C, and the other thing was these systemic enzymes, which is basically like taking digestive enzymes in between meals. You take them on an empty stomach, and they sort of feed on inflammation and tissue damage. Yeah. So they sort of eat it all up, um, eat up scar tissue and things that are forming. So it's almost like a bit of a, again, sort of a spring clean through the body in between meals. So couple of brands that I recommended, um, Prozyme by Nutri-Advanced isn't too expensive um, because the idea with the systemic enzymes is you take quite a high dose, so like four capsules in between meals. I've seen recommendations of 20 capsules per hour um, after major wow. surgery uh, and apparently very effective. Really? I'm I, I no expert <laughs> in this area, so go and do your research before you do anything like that. But just sort of, um, as I said, three to four capsules in between meals um, would be good. And the broader the spectrum of the enzymes... Usually the more expensive the supplement, but the more effective it is. Right. So you've got another one called Intenzyme Forte. There's Vitalzyme, but they just get expensive, They're like 50 to £80 pounds for these. And obviously you're having four caps yeah, it's you know, exactly up right. Times. Yeah, so you're on like anywhere between twelve and 16, but 20 a day. Mo- most
0: of, most of it you could you could do with food. Yeah. I think
1: so. I think if you'd had major surgery and you were looking to recover, and in terms of joints were very important to you, if you train or whatever, mm-hmm. your joints are important to anybody. But I would go down the route of a couple of days on systemic enzymes. Yeah, that's probably it. There's another one that I sometimes recommend. You took it, um, inflavonoid which is um right. Yeah, turmeric, vitamin C. And I can't think of what else. I think that's it. There Don't was me. a
0: lot of turmeric. I know that yeah. you could taste it when you, yeah, you <laughs> when you took the tablets. It.
1: And again, just again, anti-inflammatory. So taking that instead of ibuprofen and, and yeah. in between just to get inflammation down and swelling down things like it's that. It's funny,
0: isn't it? Because my mum had a, an operation um, just a few months ago now, and my my mum, we we managed to convert. How long ago was it now, about? over a year ago now wasn't it to to a more paleo way of life yeah took her a while to come round, but she then took it on board she gave up smoking lost a boatload of weight feels amazing for it you know she still has a treat here and there of course as we do as well Um, you do I do (laughs) but um, after she had (coughs) an operation you know I was determined that she wasn't (coughs) going to eat the hospital food so I, I made her a load of like, really nice, I uh, got some really good, like, I roasted her some chicken with lots of, like, herbs and spices in there, done, like, sweet potatoes, made of her soup, made from homemade broth, I took that into hospital for her, but, uh, she spent about two or three days in hospital post-op, but then she came home, and all she ate was rubbish.
1: <laughs> it's ready back. Yeah, because I... She wanted ready back all the time. I'd
0: cooked her a load of food in advance, yeah. and I'd, like, put it in the fridge for her, but she wasn't interested she had, like, Chinese takeaway, yeah. ready break, cereal. And, you know, she kind of fell into that bracket of feeling a bit sorry for herself and just craved these comfort foods and whatnot. And as you can imagine, I gave her a bit of a, a lecture and told her that wasn't what her body, need. you know, it may have been what the body wanted, but it wasn't what the body needed. No. Um, I
1: mean,
0: she's back now on, on Yeah, she's like. back on it now. She's back on it, it now. It, but... Even
1: if she didn't made proper porridge rather than ready bracket would have been a stand a bit, bit what, better yeah
0: she just went to town didn't she i
1: think again just craving sugar carbohydrates yeah. to try and i try think and in moments of level,
0: trauma but, generally of you, course, you, yeah, you, you just need to up your carbs you crave carbs and yeah. you need to up your carbs but what carbs is obviously quite the, significant the, the, yeah exactly yeah right guys so lots of really good questions there um keep them coming in as always and of course Guys, I, I get a lot of messages from people saying, oh, uh, when, when's the next podcast coming out when it's already out? So do yourself a favor. If you subscribe, um, then it would just automatically come through onto your, your little podcast app there that you might have on your phone or whatever it may be. So yeah, subscribe, leave a review, you know, and uh, yeah, share away with people that you think will benefit. Um, we did have another question. A lot of people have asked this, but we're going to leave this till next time now. Because um, we need to wrap up. And it's uh, what our opinions are on herbal life. Oh, um, so, yeah, we will definitely answer that in the next episode. So, yeah, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I will say ta-ra for a bit.
1: Bye from me.